Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to head off momentarily to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. But not before we tell you that uh, Brian Lawton, our next guest, is brought to you by our friends at Wow Factor Desserts. Help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at the new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click on wowfactordesserts.com. Brendan, we did not mention this. Uh, the Iron Sheik has passed away at the age of 81. A guy that had a great Twitter handle. And uh, a real good heel in the days when wrestling had a significant uh, market share in the United States. Like that guy, that guy was a good entertainer. He brought it. Yeah, you know, you're certainly a, a legend, a Hall of Famer before before my time, uh, definitely. But I love that he was able to remain relevant with that wicked Twitter presence that you mentioned. Well, the irony of this is we're going to head off to uh, the state of hockey, Minnesota, where they had a former wrestler as a governor, Jesse the Body Ventura. And I don't know if he ever wanted to go into politics, but we're going to welcome back to the show for a while, Factor Desserts, Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Now, is Jesse Ventura, like, is he a bit of a, a mythological fe- uh, a personality in the history of the state of Minnesota? A hundred percent. hundred percent. I used to go shoot pistols with Jesse in a very dangerous part of town. Come on, really? Okay. You've never to told me this. You've never told Oh, you, yeah. You used to shoot guns with Jesse Ventura. Yep. I did. I did. It was crazy. He's a crazy guy. He had an unbelievable run. He is literally a mythical creature here in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, he was heavy into the conspiracy theories there for a while, eh? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. But as we're finding out in the world, <laughs> a lot of these conspiracy theories are true. <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy time right now. Oh. we got aliens. we got bribery schemes going on. It's so hard to decipher what's real and what's not anymore. That's the problem with real news. Uh, Kevin Lowe used to be part, I, I don't know if he still is. I think he is actually part of Water Keepers. We met uh, Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip God Rest His Soul on our plane one time. He was with Water Keepers. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was on Water Keepers. And 
He was on Twitter the other night with Elon Musk. Uh, is, is this guy going to, I mean, we're, we're, we're going down the proverbial rabbit hole here. I had no idea that you knew Jesse Ventura that well. But uh, it, it, are people watching with some interest in terms of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., whether or not he'll become a player in all this? Uh, anytime you hear that name in America, there's interest. It's just the way it is. Um, do I think it's serious personally? It hasn't got to that level yet, but it seems like the noise is rising pretty quickly here, to be honest with you. Yeah, interesting, so, interesting stuff. Yeah. All right, let's get it on the hockey rails here, Brian. All uh, right. Uh, we had a significant trade yesterday occur, a, three, a complex three-way deal that has to get fact, you know, salary caps have to get factored in. We're going to have uh, Hart Levine coming up a little bit later on from Puck PD as well, and he's a CA, so he can he can help us break some things down as well. But I know you've broken it. How did you assess that trade overall from your perspective? I thought it was some really great work by the LA Kings, to be honest with you, and what I thought would happen has already happened in terms of signing uh, Gavrik, which is not a Gavrikov, which is not a surprise. Uh, I was a little surprised he got five eight, but only for two years. Maybe that's the answer. I just like the way this sets the Kings up. You know, they've got Kopitar and Arvidsson have another year left. That's fourteen million bucks uh-huh. coming off the books after that, and this kind of sets them to roll into some of their prospects. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, getting rid of Cal Peterson. You know, who was playing in the minors, making five million bucks, has another couple of years left. That's a really big flip for them. Yeah, I'm sure Edmonton fans take notice of that. But you know, Cal in Cal's case, like I believe Jack Campbell will play better next year, so I think the Oilers will be fine with that. He'll he'll play to a standard that's much better than it was. But for the Kings, Cal Peterson buried in the minors did not look good for them and they found a way to get out of that and they also found a way to do what you and i talk about all the time bob and that is to try to make your roster as efficient as possible sean walker's really a six or seven d a guy that was making uh 2.6 and a half roughly uh that's just too much for a guy in your third pair so they also moved him out so when i look at that trade i evaluated as the kings being able to save Almost 7.650. I say almost because part of Peterson's money was buried in the minors. Yeah. So it wasn't quite that full amount. But the end result for moving what I would consider a B prospect in grounds and draft capital of a second rounder, that's a really smart deal by the Kings. If I were grading that deal, I would have given them an A-. minus. I also would give that to Columbus in this deal because I think Columbus giving up a first and a second for a guy of Provorov's ilk is pretty impressive. You know, they've got Zach Wierenski as their number one D there on the left side. They can bring in Provorov. That's a pretty strong left side all of a sudden. I know that Provorov was at a low, had some off-ice issues this year in terms of not going out for warm-ups. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those things hurt his value, but it was clear to me that the Flyers wanted to move on. They were able to, you know, like the Kings, they picked up Aiden Hudson, as you know, is is a, a pretty good prospect. At least he could be. He didn't necessarily do it last year, but 
he was making 800000 and the Flyers were able to move that deal off the books. But that's not cap space that would get me too excited if I was a GM in terms of the Flyers because that's not on their books, just like Kevin Connaughton, who ended up in L.A. That's money that's not on their books. So I, I grade on this trade L.A. about an A-minus, Columbus an A-minus, and I would say Philly about a B. And you may say, how can that be? Somebody has to be on the other end of it. But not all these teams are in the same situation or trying to achieve the same goals. It was clear to me that Philly wanted to move on from Provorov, and that's why they made this deal, and they wanted to move on no matter what. Now, they did move around a lot of money, as we just said. That's another million and two for Connaughton and Hodgson. But uh, at, at the end of the day, I felt like Philly came out the worst of this deal. Well, we, uh, we, we've we talked about Hayden Hodson in the past because he was an unsigned, uh, he was on an American Hockey League deal. Jason Smith, the former Oilers captain, and Ian LaPerriere had him in the Lehigh Valley. And uh, Brad Holland had reached out to me probably in um, uh, December and said, Stoff, you know who's having a, a good season in, in the A is, is Hayden Hodson. And then, and then he really took off. He ended up with 19 goals. He had double-digit fights, and but he was on an A deal. So the Flyers ended up signing him to an NHL deal because they had to. Now, maybe you can explain to our listeners. There is a gentleman's agreement on players that are on AHL deals, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be honored all the time, does it? Where teams aren't supposed to poach guys that are in A deals off your AHL affiliate? No, I think you said it the right way. It's kind of a gentleman's agreement. It, it has happened in the past when people have poached players, but not that often. And uh, in this case, you know, I'd imagine there was probably anybody that's, you know, in their first year essentially scoring 19 goals. That's of interest to teams if they're not on an NHL deal. So um, at the end of the day, I, I do know at least some teams put a call in to see what the Flyers were going to do, and I feel like that en- ended up being a little bit of an impetus for them to go ahead and sign him. Yeah. But uh, that did that did not have to be the case. Yeah. Well, and he had a terrible year this year. So, <laughs> I mean, I... Terrible, terrible year this year. So you could see why new management would come in and say, what are we doing? But that doesn't mean he's a terrible player, and I'd imagine people will still be tracking him. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to make I'm going to make a prediction right now because I don't know whether or not LA is going to bring Zach McEwen back, who was also in Philadelphia. Of course, they flipped McEwen for Brendan Lemieux last year. Uh, if they do not bring back Zach McEwen, I I will predict that Hayden Hudson will get games next season for the LA Kings. At some point, they're going to need a little bit of that in their lineup. Uh, and it won't hurt to have that down in the minors because the Pacific Division of the AHL is the toughest division in in the minors. There, there's no question about that. There's, there's, I mean, Calgary's got like four guys that fight uh, for them on the Wranglers. Brian Lawton joins us right now. Brian, so the Flyers have moved Provorov. What's, uh, I mean, new management, are they headed down a path here where maybe they're looking at Chicago and saying this is the course of action that we're going to end up taking here that makes the most sense? Too early to say, but, you know, this trade does not look like a typical Philadelphia Flyers trade of the past. Right. Now when you look at the money, I mean, Provorov, you know, his cap is only 6.75, but his compensation for the next two years is just above 8.5. 
when you add up the last two years left. So it's quite a bit higher. There's signing bonus stuffed in there. I think there's a $3 million payment uh, that'll be, you know, now absorbed by Columbus and, of course, L.A., because they retain 30% of it. Uh, then the same thing next year. There'll be more signing bonus. But that's not very flyer-like. They're usually the team on the other end of that. So maybe this is a sign of changing times. Maybe we're going to see more of a rebuild. I think you'll have that answer when you see what the Flyers do, you know, because the best thing they got out of this deal, besides the picks, of course, was the increased cap space. Are they going to spend it, or are they going to go the route like you're saying with Chicago? Hard to say. I don't have a guess but I know I'll be able to tell you after free agency. Right. Brian Lawton for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts. Help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click on wowfactordesserts.com. So Provorov goes to Columbus. Obviously, the, you know, the reports are we're going to see Mike Babcock, uh, once his contract runs out in Toronto, end up as the next head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I believe that Mike would be back. I think the experience he went through has been very humbling for him. Uh, Mike has a great resume. He's a tremendous coach. I think not unlike players, coaches get better, even coaches that are quite accomplished. I think Mike will learn a lot from what transpired. Um, I think it was somewhat overblown, but at the end of the day, uh, I think Mike will be a better coach for it. And I think he'll do a good job in getting Provorov. It's going to make him look like a smarter coach uh, today than yesterday. By the way, uh, the listeners are paying attention. Mitch has texted us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, and he says, Bob, was there a reason Brian mentioned the $14 million coming off the cap for Kopitar and uh, Ardvidsson in a year from now? Was that an accident? <laughs> Well, I, I definitely could see where he's coming from, but uh, L.A. is going to be loading up to potentially, you know, look at some of these star players that will be getting closer to coming on the market. Of course, Edmonton has one of them in Dreisaitl, but, you know, by all accounts, he loves playing there, and you think he'll continue on. Everybody's watching Austin Matthews' situation very much right now. Yeah, uh, The cap is going to go up on top of all that, so, you know, it's you got to be really – really flexible and prepared for massive change. And I think Robert, Rob Blake took a really big step for setting L.A. up nicely for the future. There's no guarantee any of these star players will be available. Uh, the reality is most of them re-sign with their existing times more than not, notwithstanding Bo Horvat. But uh, I, we're talking about guys even on that next level up from Bo, and most of the time those guys re-sign. Not yeah. always. Well, I think Bo would. I think Bo would have resigned if they'd focused on signing Bo instead of JT Miller. Yeah, I, I think that's probably accurate by all accounts. I heard no particular reason why he didn't want to be there, other than you know he was looking for a contract that was commensurate with what he's given the club. And they kind of ran out of money. I mean, right now they're the team that's got the highest cap carrying. They're over the cap next season with the team that they have right now, the Vancouver Canucks. I think we – now, do you have uh, Brock Besser in the Beauty League? Is he one of those guys that's in the Beauty League in uh, in Minnesota? Yes, he is. And I spend uh, a little bit of time with Brock. He's a quality guy. Uh, he seems to be a guy that's continually talked about Vancouver moving on from – uh, at six and a half million bucks, it's not, you know, the worst deal out there. But right. um, 
you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Brock did in fact get moved by Vancouver. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of how they're going to do that. How they're going to clear a little bit of cap space and. Um, all right. So you you mentioned something there, and and even 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 smaller. And I'm going to ask you to sort of rely on the time and Brian Lawton, of course, former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the man that started Octagon's player agencies. Are discussions with GMs on potential free agents are those continuous and ongoing? Obviously, the team can't reach out directly to the player, but everybody's got relationships with agents. Let's not BS each other here, right? Like. That's it's kind of how the business is done, isn't it, Brian? Like, would it, put it this way: if there were pending UFAs, would they have already and and the agent sits there and thinks to himself, you know, this might be a good fit if this player. I'll, well, I'll throw, I'll throw some. So Jeff Jackson's got uh, McDavid and Bouchard. You know, the orders are going to be negotiating a deal with Bouchard. It's probably going to be a bridge, especially if the cap increases by a bunch next year. But he's also got Connor Brown, who's coming off an injury-riddled year in which he only played four games. Do agents start that process in terms of feeling out teams around the league to see if there'd be any interest for that player? You know, interestingly, I think guys are pretty good about it, but I absolutely cannot say that, you know, those things don't come up. I used to have one GM in particular from Alberta that would always call me up and give me hints about a player that I was representing that he might want one day, but he would never say who it was, except he would describe them 15 different ways. And I would just sit there and go, just tell me who you have interest in. And he would never say it, but I knew who he had interest in. So yes, I mean, I've seen that from every angle in this business. Uh, I think the league did a good job of clamping down on it. I think they tried a bunch of different things that were deterrents. Um, but it would be it would be a straight out conspiracy theory if we said it never happened. How's that? Yeah, that's so. Well, it's a conspiracy theory if you think that's never happened before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when the guy signs within you know ten minutes of the opening, oh, it's twelve oh one on July first, and away we go. And boom, this guy. I mean, look at how quickly Markstrom signed with the Calgary Flames. As an example, it was announced uh, very quickly a couple of years ago. Uh, the orders, of course, had been rumored to have offered a seven-year deal, and Markstrom went six times six. Well, speaking of Calgary, what do you think? You know, when you when you assess, you talked a bit about the Flyers. You look at Calgary; they got a lot of guys with a year left in their deals, including Lindholm and Hannafin. Um, what do you think is going to take place that, uh, you know, Toffoli's got a year left as well, and Daryl Sutter was this guy. Could be an interesting offseason for Craig Conroy. Yeah, it, it really could be. And, well, you know, you can always look at these things, and most people choose, in my opinion, the wrong route, but it is the route of least resistance, and that is trying to retool even when you kind of know deep down that it's not really there, that's going to be a hard decision for Calgary, which way to go. Hmm. Are they going to be a better team from last year to this year? Yeah, I think Jonathan Huberto will play better. Um, Are they a Stanley Cup contending team right now? That's not for me to answer. That's for Craig Conroy and Don Maloney and the rest of their staff to figure out. Um, But I do find that more times than not, the management makes the wrong decision because it's it's tough to make unpopular decisions. You know, we, we faced this in Tampa. Uh, this was a team that won the Stanley Cup not that many years removed when I was there, and yet, yeah. you know, when you're trying to move forward and you're starting to 
you know, depending on what the circumstances are for us, it was first overall and the second overall and back to back years. And, uh, you know, those are tough things to deal with in Calgary's case. They don't have that. So they'd have to go even further and it's painful to go through. And it is very, very slow moving people Edmonton in Edmonton know this. They've seen it firsthand. Having high picks doesn't guarantee Chicago or Columbus or Anaheim that they're going to pop out of this thing in a few years. Uh, it's just not that easy. And one final one for you on that note, just about what teams are going to do. Could Win- Winnipeg be the most interesting team, given Hellebuck and Shifley and Dubois? I think right now they are by far, and people are looking to see what they're going to do. Winnipeg is one team that I would say has more of a green light than some other markets to to go ahead. I think the fans there understand what's going on, and they lose one of those guys, they're likely to lose two. And if they lose two, then I'd be surprised if they didn't lose other players. Hellebuck, I thought maybe L.A. was loading up here. Take a run at Hellebuck. They very quickly turned around and signed a defenseman as they should have, who we all thought they would. So... Um, we'll see where we'll see where that goes. But Hellebuck is going to be a very very sought after guy, uh, and I think it's almost certain that he's traded. Okay. Uh, final question: what What do you have to give up to get him? As you can see, with most of these deals, when you're under the gun at all now, not as much as you think. Really? It's not going you know, to. Nope. At least a number one and then another good prospect. You'd agree on that. Now, he's only got a year left. You got to get him re signed. Yep. Yep. No, but everybody knows where they're at. There's not that many. There's teams looking for goaltenders, but there's not that many. You got to make sure you're a market that Hellebuck wants to re sign in. There's a lot to unpack with that. But yes, absolutely. At least a number one and at least. A couple of seconds, like we saw with Columbus, right? And they weren't both from them. There was some retained salary in that. Uh, if I were Winnipeg, I'd be asking for more than what was given up there. But it won't be easy because Provorov comes in at under $5 million. And this is a guy that's averaged over 24 minutes yeah. uh, a game on the back end throughout his career. That's, like, really impressive. Now, whether or not... He can get through the rest of the things that maybe haven't been there. He hasn't had a bunch of uh, offensive big seasons. He did did have 17 goals one year. I think 41 points was his high. But Provorov's a pretty darn good player that could help a lot of teams in this league right now. But when it comes to Hellebuck, there's some challenges that uh, Winnipeg is going to have to deal with, and I think that will reduce their return. Interesting. Brian, great stuff. Thanks for joining us here on Oilers Now. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. That's Brian Lawton for our friends at Wild Factor Desserts. Help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click on wildfactordesserts.com. We'll tell you guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at jbedmonton.ca. Hart uh, Levine coming up next from Puckpedia after a global news weather traffic update. Randy Kilburn.